Hello, and welcome to episode 101 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. This is the Marketing 101. Yeah, I was going to say 101 ways to market your hotel. Listen to the past 100. <laughs> and then we just read out the titles <laughs> for the next hour. That would be great. I have to give credit to Ed St. Ange for that joke. He made it earlier today. But yeah, this is our 101st episode. If you've tuned in for the first time, there's a plethora of information. Go check it out on our website, fueltravel.com slash podcast, or sign up and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a lot. We just did a live episode, guys. That was a lot of fun, huh? It was a lot of fun. Any particular favorite questions that you had? Hmm. I would definitely say the, would you rather fight the The ducks? The the 100-foot duck or a horse-sized duck or a 100 duck-sized horses. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, that was a good one. So I should probably introduce us all, right? For people turning in, tuning in for the first time. So my name is Stuart Butler. I'm your host. I'm joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And Phil Fariska. Hola, amigos. Wow. We're getting a bit Spanish in here. A little multilingual on this. There you go. I love it. Did you have a burrito today? <laughs> I did not. I actually oh. had pizza. <laughs> Classic Mexican dish, the pizza. <laughs> so today's episode is inspired by a listener. Melissa put together notes, but Melissa, you want to give us a quick brief overview of what the episode is going to be about yes so we had a recommendation from grayson mcneil who filled out a contact form on our website asking us to talk about top entry places of a website and how conversion rate would sort of fall into place based on where people enter the website i thought that that was a phenomenal request yeah it's really good it's something we i mean we we kind of know about but we never really had a discussion about on the show before so i think it's it's a neat topic um so thank you grace and if you have a topic that's feverishly going around in your noggin and you'd like to, us to talk about it feel free to send that to us on Twitter at Fuel Travel or via our website or email info at fueltravel.com. But this, we're going to dig into Grayson's idea today, so thanks very much for that. But as ever, before we get into the topic, it's time for the news of ruse With hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for news of ruse I had a little falsetto going on yeah. there. Yeah, I was in a whole she different key this deep. week. Yeah, mixing it I'm up. I was working on expanding We're- my library of... That one jingle. Now we're in triple <laughs> digits. You, wow. Is it going to, each week's going to be a little nuanced Yeah, version? we take it to the 80s synthesizer version. You guys are going to Oh, I can't wait for that Stranger one. Things style. Yeah. Cool. So do we actually have any news or news this week? I have one. And this is actually building on what we talked about on the live episode where Marriott had 500 million guest accounts hacked and stolen. Oops. More or less. I so, haven't heard about this. Is it... The, it is huge. It's been all the talk from the GDPR world, the hotel world, the tech world, and everywhere else. So, and as usual, once something big like this happens, you don't get all the news coming out in related articles. This one is by Focuswire, and it's Will Marriott's Data Breach Herald the Death of Personalization? And you know this is real because they use the word death of anything in an article. Yeah. Whenever it says, will it be the death of, it's never the hmm. death of, is it? Yeah, and, and they're playing that pretty tongue-in-cheek. They also said that primarily personalization is still incredibly important, but you better pay attention to how you're securing your data. And it's a pretty lengthy article. I really like some of the ideas that they have in here in terms of making sure you're keeping the data you need to keep. You're getting rid safely of the data you don't need to keep. And then you're putting all of the processes in place to ensure that the data that you keep is kept securely and making sure that you're relying on the experts to do that. You know, so it's not enough to say, you know, hey, Phil, you know, you know a little bit about Excel. You're our data protection officer. You know, <laughs> you need to rely on the people who actually, you know, understand the stuff in, you know, intimately and can do a good job of securing that data. So. More or less, it's just about doing the best job you can securing your customers' data because you do not want to be Marriott 2.0. Right. And to me, it's interesting that they're picking on personalization because we we store, collect, store, use data for a whole bunch of reasons, right? Not just Mm -hmm. personalization. So so why why I don't get that it's potentially the death of personalization. It's a little clickbaity. I think it's, it's the... 
the article kind of goes into the direction of are hotels going to bother keeping this data just so they can on a hotel page can, can say, yeah, hey, welcome back, Stuart. But they're still keeping the data for Other communication, you know? Yeah. For for uh, legally, they have to keep the data, you know, physical addresses and things like that for a certain period mm-hmm. by law. So they they have the data. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more like like Phil said. It's it's very clickbaity. But once you get past that, they do have a lot of good information. Right. There, so. yeah. Here's the thing, right? You're going to collect data in any business, right? When you're a hotel, when someone makes a reservation, when they stay with you, they're providing PII. So you have to store that somewhere. I think it's critically important in this world that we live in. Whether you're, you care about the European Union legislations or regulations or not, it's coming to the U.S. and it's coming fast to the U.S. So we're going to have something very similar to GDPR over here very very soon within the next 12 months certainly so uh, you need to really be thinking about the data in terms of why why do i have it what do i have like you said pete what does the guest expect me to do with the data and be very very transparent about it if you're not having those conversations internally now you really need to start having it and whether you have a dedicated person or not that this you know chief data officer I don't think matters as much as everyone within your organization being mindful of what you mm-hmm. do with data and why you do it. I mean, I think there are, there are major points. What are you keeping? Why are you keeping it? How long do you need it for? I mean, those those to me are yeah. the yeah. questions you need to answer with all the personal personally identifiable information that you have. Everyone everyone in your organization be, should be trained to think that way. You know. And I also say that depending on the size of your organization – you do need to look at having your security audited from time to time. I mean, the case of Marriott, this had been going on back to 2014. And you, had they caught this in six months into 2014 or 2015, they could have saved so many customers mm-hmm. the heartache of having yeah, to deal with. This article data. points out having, I think they called it a red team. Mm-hmm. And it's basically um, someone internally coming in, trying to break your systems from from just you know your typical employees right mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't wasn't that the gist of it yeah i mean just making sure that you're not being a lazy marketer right. I mean, what, like one thing they said is a pseudo i can't uh, say the word pseudo either anonymization <laughs> but right. making sure that you know your email address is not the personal identifiable from or the unique key having a you know unique number for a guest that relates to that information Right. versus just having it all out there in the open. Yeah, sending a spreadsheet to your marketing team which has all your email addresses, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And and we've talked about this on the show before. I think it all starts from the point of having the perspective that this is not your data, it is the guest's data, and you've been given permission to use it for specific purposes. <laughs> I mean, Pete gets really yeah. choked up about this subject. So j- just be respectful of the data that you have and, and be transparent. Don't – there's many bad decisions get made, especially in the marketing team, when you're trying to figure out how to trick people or dupe people, you know. Don't ever do that. If you come at all marketing of – you want to persuade people and pr- by presenting them with the right information and using psychology to, to help nudge them, but don't ever try to dupe or trick people. And, and I think a lot of the times when we're misusing data – it's it's when we're doing things that are on the on the gray side, you know, they're a bit shady. So just don't do it. Stop, stop it. Treat your guests like you would like to be treated. Yeah. Golden rule. Or how they'd like to be treated, more importantly. Okay. Fair enough. Do we have a second news route? We do, but I'm not sure if we've talked about this one already. But I threw it in there because I feel like maybe we haven't. And it is the fact that Google is now launching voice bookings for hotels. Dun dun dun! It's coming, people. If you don't think voice is real, I mean, not real. Like, it, not that it doesn't exist. They're hearing if, our voices right now. If, <laughs> if yeah, if you think these are the voices in your head, no, no. But if you don't think that voice interaction with devices is is going to be a thing then get your head out of the clouds because it is going to fundamentally change the way humans interact with computers it's Everything. already beginning right any any machine not just computer when i say computer technology in general yeah your voice is going to become one of the main 
interfaces to technology over the next very short period of time. And I'm talking about we're going to see a huge adoption spike in 2019, and that's going to only accelerate going into 2020. Well, you think of how quick um, things like... uh like Alexa and Google Home were adopted, right? Everybody thought it was stupid. A year later, they're in 30% of homes or something like that. <coughs> or you like Stuart and have 30 in. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I literally have 10 Alexa devices I'm, or Echo devices it's, in my house. It's serious. It's, it's coming fast. And, and as more of those become readily available, I mean, everybody has a phone. Those those all operate on voice command. It's, it's, it's inevitable. We're mm-hmm. going to see this doing everything we can imagine we do with our fingers it's right. going to be able to be done with voice and it doesn't necessarily mean that that what people do now in terms of typing and how they interact with technology is going to go away it's just this is taking up another piece of the the, the pie right it's sure. it's going to be another method so it's something you need to consider and we did an episode a while back on what what does it mean is it the death of seo and what um what should you do right now to take advantage of, of voice technology um, and, and we're talking about it from one narrow perspective, which is consumers looking for stuff, right? In this case, looking for hotels. We're not talking about should you have an Alexa in your room. Right. Or, that's another conversation. But certainly, I think you should be thinking about is my website built to be found by people searching using their voice? I mean, think about what people use it for right now is convenience factors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe this isn't your isn't going to be the vaca- vacation travel trend, uh, people booking vacations via voice, but your typical business traveler who goes to the same place uh, every month when, when they can just say to their device, hey, book my usual room at such and such hotel, that's more along the lines of what we're going to be seeing adopted really fast. Yeah, and it, it might take a little while to get the full booking experience, you know, especially for a lot of the folks that listen to the show, you know, unique boutique kind of properties. But that doesn't mean people aren't already using voice for other things that are relevant to you. Finding directions to your place, mm-hmm. finding air, things around your place, looking for a place to stay when they're traveling to your destination. Oh, we see that you know? already all the time in, in both Search Console and our AdWords search terms reports are people asking for directions is, is a huge one. Yeah, so I think that's a good exercise to, to open everyone's eyes, right? Just go to... The, the keyword planning tools in AdWords or Google Ads now and look at how many of those start with OK Google mm-hmm. because people, I don't know if they're, if that just gets included in the string or if they're saying OK Google twice, but there's a lot of them. But there's also a lot that don't say OK Google that are very conversational and very polite and they use please and thank yous. And it, it, you can tell from the tone of it that it, is voice it's not something that someone types it's in very likely you know? triggered by voice because we had not seen this type of stuff in the right past. people don't type please and thank you into google they don't type it right but when you're speaking people tend to be a little more polite they, they, they humanize the the device so definitely pay attention to it go look at the keywords that are coming to your website that people are using and make sure that you've got content that is relevant to those keywords because that's how you're going to get found. And marked up, ready to be triggered by those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure booking is going to take off quite as quickly as um, some of this other utility-related For sure. Stuff. That's why I brought up the complex, fact that right? it's, it's when, when it's like a, a very convenience-driven... Right. Book the same hotel I did yeah. last year. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But as AI improves and it becomes two-way conversational in, in the, the voice device can qualify your request with with qualifying questions that's when it's really going to take off in but there's a little ways to go for us to get trust in the device because right now you know even though i've got literally 10 alexas in my house it probably only works properly 85 percent of the time at best right, right. so there's, there's there's a margin of doubt also consider when another one we see like i mentioned directions we see that a lot but the hotels near me, that is both typing and it's conversational. And people ask those type of questions to phones. Find hotels near me is something that you would speak right into your phone. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're you're triggering radius-based ads and, and, and using Google's location services to find those type of things. So, I mean, it's all, it's all extremely important. It is coming quicker than we think. Mm-hmm. For sure. That was a good news release. I think, I'm not sure whether we covered that one for Melissa or not, but it was a good conversation to have anyway. There you go. Regardless. All right, so you want to jump into the topic? I do, and I'm going to start off with 
Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Three times, Melissa. Three, three times. <laughs> okay. Three. We need to start getting some drops so we can play some music with this. <laughs> so the stat of the week comes from an email from Visual Website Optimizer that was sent out sort of summing up their 2018 numbers. And they said that in Visual Website Optimizer, over 100,000 tests were launched during 2018 which is neither here nor there. The stat of the week is that of those, only 13,000 plus were quote unquote winning tests. How about that for a stat? So, so how do you interpret that? Does that mean that people are just running stupid tests? I don't interpret it that way at all. Or does it mean that I think that so is much the exact is ambiguous. reason why you should always be testing because you in your brain think that you've got the most brilliant idea ever and then you run a test and you know what you were wrong see and and maybe I have a my perspective was people were running meaningless tests and that can also mm-hmm. be the case either that they were wrong or that the test just whatever they were testing wasn't, wasn't impactful impactful yeah which because we find more often when we run a lot. Of I tests. think that's it, right? I think you think switching a button from green to blue or whatever it is is right. going to have a huge influence. But I think what we're learning over time is sometimes it can, but the majority of times, it, in this case, eighty-seven percent of times, it doesn't. Right. Uh, see, I, I, maybe I interpret that differently than you guys. Was a hundred thousand tests were run, thirteen point four of them were winning, so that means that. The ones that didn't have a winner they didn't. were un- were just null. Well, I think it was un- non-conclusive. No. You know, it, it wasn't. No, there's specifically... a lot of times though when we'll run tests and we realize, you know, my past self was way smarter than my current self because that was a better diversion. Okay, so and it's that, not worth changing. I, I didn't. Maybe I. Maybe I just thought. The no, because that would be a winner, be a winner, right? Yeah, that, I think that would be a winner in that case. I think this is saying that there's a, it's non-conclusive. No. There wasn't a statistically right. valid, significant advantage to one over the other. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't that you tried this, this change. Maybe I need to email Visual Website I don't Optimizer. Think we know what we're talking about right mm-hmm. now. <clears throat> I think yeah. I think we're thirteen percent unsure about what. We're <laughs> I assumed about. it meant that thirteen point four percent were the test. Was the test the version yes was being the control. Okay. That's uh, okay. Yeah. That's, can we can we get clar- clarity on that? Because I'm with Phil. We're two, we're two versus two here. I will ask them. Because depending on which one of those is right, has a very different implications. Mm-hmm. I think it's a... I mean, it could easily be a combination of the two. Either that they weren't significant or that you were wrong in your <laughs> hypothesis. Yeah. Which, which we... I mean, it, we are yeah. a lot of times with a hypothesis. That's why you test. And you can yeah. tell we don't talk about this before we get in this room to discuss with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer the candid conversations. Yeah, me too. You know, it, it's it's a lot more organic. It it's food food for thought. But I think it does reiterate your point, Melissa, which you say every five minutes, which is always be testing. You know, because you don't know what you don't know, and I think testing is the only way you can really find out. Well, one thing we do know is which pages we should be testing on. Yes. And what matters. Exactly. So, uh, but uh, all pages uh, not created equal. All pages are not created equal. That's for sure. They are not. So talking about landing pages, as the question came up about ranking them, I thought immediately that this was going to be a super quick and easy thing for me to come up with notes on. And then as I started getting into the weeds, I was like, oh, this is more complicated than I thought to actually put together in a cohesive form. So what we ended up doing was taking the top 10 pages sort of grouped together. And you can't just give a, a conversion rate of a page out to our entire listening seven it's seven you can't because it's so specific to your region to your type of hotel to all those things the and types of traffic and it's generating. also extremely specific to what type of traffic is coming into those pages mm-hmm. so we decided to just rank them from sort of m- most likely to convert as an entry page to not so likely to convert and then break that down by what types of traffic would be coming in on those pages yeah and you know some of these i think you could argue could be above or below each other sure. you know, there's a this couple that not can a hardcore set in stone list mm-hmm. ranking Agreed. Especially once we get past about number four or five. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not an exhaustive list either. You know, there's a lot of other pages you could have on your website that 
could convert, but that you know that's such a degree lower than the the ones we're going to talk about that you know I think I think the point will be made with the ones we're going to talk about. And ten is a nice round number, so it's important. It's not eight though. <coughs> it's not eight. I, I was a little bit upset that I came up with ten. Mm -hmm. Just chop eight, off the bottom two. They're probably not that important anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay, lump them in some. You <laughs> so. just group some. Yeah. So starting at the top, most likely to convert probably are people entering your website at the booking engine. Hopefully, if you've got a decent booking engine. If you have a terrible booking engine, that could be completely wrong. But so how would people just enter your website at the booking engine? Why would that ever happen? Well, you could be sending out an email which theoretically would be a very highly qualified visitor, or you could be sending PPC traffic, which also tends to be more qualified. Um, we were just discussing this also. Your TripAdvisor cost per click uh, platform is going to send people there. Your yeah, Google Hotel Connect, Ads Google platform Ads. is going to yeah. send people directly there. Yeah, um, really any meta search that's yeah, driving to any, Yeah, any meta search is going to drive them directly to your booking engine, which... At that point, if someone's already clicked on a rate, they're mm -hmm. they're pretty they're close. pretty interested. Yeah, it's interesting because you don't see a whole lot of organic search traffic landing in the booking engine. Well, why would that be, Stuart? Well, because I don't think it's necessarily relevant to the search query. Like well, what about I, the fact that yeah. it's not on their domain? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I mean, it does not rank. Well, except unless they're using they guest use desk, our guest desk, right? System. Because it does embed in the URL of the website, but. I mean, even with our clients that do have the booking engine embedded in the domain, it still, it doesn't rank. I mean, it ranks, but it doesn't rank for keywords that are getting the search volume. Right. Even even some of the other cases where we'll have an individual room page mm -hmm. before they even hit the booking engine. Right. And that's that's the thing driving something like two-bedroom oceanfront suite type of queries will land on that rooms page prior to them hitting the booking engine. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. They people rarely hit the booking engine first from natural. Right, unless they're coming from a, a search right. of some kind, a meta search or something yes, like that. exactly. Yeah. You're paying to get someone directly yeah. into the booking engine almost always. Well, yeah, e either yeah, either you're paying through a meta search or it's a distinct advertising or marketing effort that you're right. driving it deliberately to the booking engine. But regardless, you would argue that those people are always qualified. They, they almost always know something about your property. Um, right. Either they've stayed there before or they've already searched rates. You know? well, I think that's the biggest key to this is they've seen a rate somewhere prior to the time they hit your booking engine. Sometimes. They're, I mean, the email ones haven't necessarily. They, yeah, it could be But a it's show. probably a special or a percentage off or a, yeah. something that drove them there. Well, that's Speaking true. Yeah, you might be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obvious that the booking engine is going to be. But, but I think that's a little artificial to say that's the number one because you wouldn't necessarily want to send all because you wouldn't want to send all your traffic to the booking engine correct because no, but you'd want to optimize that should be the first place you look to optimize that's kind of the way i kind of take this whole yeah, list for optimizing for a conversion yeah. rate you don't want to have too many steps once they're there yeah so. 16 clicks i think that's that's what uh. i go for. <laughs> Six, 16 to 27 clicks once they hit the booking engine you're killing me <laughs> Yeah, we've done a whole episodes on that, on, on you know reducing friction, pushing people through that conversion funnel. But yeah, I agree, Pete, because if you optimize the booking engine, it optimizes all traffic. Right. That's what I kind of see. Like this whole list, you know, this is the list of start optimizing here. And once we finish with the booking engine, can I go to number two? Sure. <clears throat> then you focus on the specials page, which is the second page that we want to talk about here. Yeah, specials or packages sometimes. Right. Yeah, so focus. Deals. Make sure your booking engine is building the best, best possible mousetrap. And then we're going to start working on the bait because we want to get them to the booking engine. That's the goal. But prior to that, specials is a great place. I mean, to and they're that. coming from similar places, right? <clears throat> right. So this is, this is again, driven by PBC, someone searching deals in your area. You might be running on that type of keyword. Dumps you right into a specials page or or like email. The email. Like email is a huge one when you're when you're sending out deal type emails, sending them straight into a special. Yeah, page. but I don't always agree with that, right? Because typically the email should be a specific deal. So to send them to the special page, it is is an extra click. Right, I you agree. You know, you could send page to the defined as the specials index page or a special like or an individual special one, versus. Really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, See, I'm with you, Melissa. Okay, I, I was either. thinking more. It was the aggregate of all the. I was all thinking the deals. of the aggregate, but I mean. Either one. Mm -hmm. 
but organic can be one here too. And, and though it's somewhat rare, especially if you're in a competitive market for someone to hit your specials page by searching deals in metro area, it can happen, especially we've if you're properly optimized. Seen I mean, we've yeah. seen it. In but, but it can be specific deals. So like, for example, if you have... Snowbird specials. Yeah, or you have um, teacher specials or, or first military. responder specials, military deals, stuff like that. People will search that kind of thing. Hotels in New York with military discounts. Mm-hmm. And that's where your specials page, I think, can really shine. And those, again... You know, just like we talked about the other ones, they're super qualified because right. they've already narrowed down a selection. And anytime, anytime it's you're reducing their selection by being qualified for whatever it is they're looking for, that, that gives you an <coughs> opportunity to continue them through the funnel. So next up would be rooms pages, either a rooms overview or the specific room type. Can I go back real page? quick? Yep. Because before we jump to that, because it's important. I would say, and I don't know about you guys, but a lot of the sites I see when when a client comes to us and wants us to give opinions, a lot of them are not maximizing their specials page. They're terrible. Uh, you know, either they don't have one or the specials are junk that, that are on there. So I really think you want to be a little more strategic about what kind of deals you're putting on there. You know, think about the season, what are people looking for, you know, things like back to school specials, things like that are always good. Yep. Recently just went through the Cyber Monday, you know, having that kind of thing can, can get a lot of traction. So really spend some time thinking about what what specials offers you want to offer. And it doesn't necessarily just need to be discounts. It can also be packaging, which could be value added, right? So mm-hmm. including breakfast, including show tickets, stuff like that can all be on your specials. <laughs> From an well. F- SEO perspective, we see it very much as an afterthought as well. It, I mean, we're, we're seeing the basic page title just being specials dash mm-hmm. hotel name and has no other qualifier right. you know throughout the page the the basic seo portions of that is it's it's almost like oh yeah well we have these specials right well list them out and explain them better you're gonna get more searches to them right spend some time creatively there too nothing drives me nuts more than when you go to a specials page and it's just title and then right underneath that says minimum four nights length of stay expires the state. Mm-hmm. It's like sell it. Sell you know, it. You've got yes. the person already interested in staying at your property. They already know when they want to stay more or less. You know, wine and dine them a little bit. Show them some great photography. Go ahead and have your designer, you know, spend an hour creating the graphics needed for this page and really build out that experience to push them over the edge. Mm-hmm. Because if it's boring, they're going to go look at other things and start comparing. You want to, quickly move them through that process to come to the booking engine. Yeah, and the other thing I would say too is specials tends to be an industry jargon term. You know, we've done tests with certain clients where changing the name of that in your navigation and in the title tags to deals is is more mm-hmm. effective because people tend to not search for specials at hotels. They search for deals at hotels, right? It's just a different verbiage. Also, it depends on your market. It depends on your demographic. Yeah. There's a lot of nuances, but that's something worth testing as look, well. Look at your competitive set. Is is it even worth it for you to go after deals? Sometimes it's not. Sometimes discounts might, it might be lower search volume, but you're going to get a higher click-through rate, more people through to that page. Consider that as well. Yep. All right, now, Melissa, you may continue. Okay. On to number three, which is rooms. And as I said, that could be either a rooms overview or actual specific room pages, depending on how many room types you have, you know, could vary on your website. If you don't have room pages, room unit type pages on your website, you're probably missing missing out out on something. Mm -hmm. A lot of people rely on just the booking engine to do that. And especially when the booking engine, like you said, is in a separate URL, it's, it's not part of the website. That's a huge miss because we've seen tremendous search volume now for people looking for it's specific year unit after year types. After year, that growth. Right. This is, I mean, I I see it more so in vacation destinations with some other type of qualifier rather than a a pretty basic property with virtually the same room throughout. When people are, are searching for um, a two-bedroom suite, three-bedroom suite. If you have those on property, great. If you have oceanfront versus ocean view, those type of things jacuzzi tend to have... Suites, yeah, jacuzzi penthouse suites. If you have some kind of qualifier with your room types, any type of qualifier with your room types, you need specific room pages. 
um, maybe this doesn't apply to someone with the, the static room throughout yeah, the building. Yeah, if you're a motel and every room is exactly yeah. the same, maybe not. But even then, you might have different bed configurations, you know, king two suites queens. versus two queens, you know. That's one thing I always search for is because, especially if I'm traveling with the kids for soccer because I'm cheap, we usually get a hotel room. There's one room, not a suite, and has two twin, uh, two mm-hmm. queen beds, and the boys sleep together, and my wife and I sleep together. So it's... It's, it's a specific consideration that if you match it, you're automatically one of the people that I'm yeah. likely to choose. It's, it's, it's super important. What's um, interesting king, about... King beds okay. is another one that we see. Sorry, Melissa. King beds, when people are searching for a room with a king bed, <clears throat> mm-hmm. a lot of people find that as a selling point. So you know, any type of speci- specific thing that you have in that room, go Bunk ahead and create... beds. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Shut up, hey, some people really <laughs> like the bunk bed experience. Oh, just is this like a hostel somewhere? What are we talking about? <laughs> great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, I was going to say, Great Wolf has the bunk beds in their little, what do they call it? Their, lo- their little rooms, I forget. There's I a don't know what they're bed. called. But yeah. The kitty suite. Kids love bunk beds. Some grown-ups do too. I watched the movie Big. You're a weirdo. <laughs> but also, I mean, this is where people don't know about you yet necessarily. If maybe or maybe not. I think that's true. what's interesting about, which is what I was going to say, it's interesting what's about this page is that so you will get a lot of people not already familiar with your brand but it could also be somebody searching for your brand with that part of the Mm -hmm. search that they're looking for a specific room yeah and i think with all these pages that's a really valid point right which is some people we're talking about this from a landing page perspective right people that just land on this page this is the first entry into your your site but this is also one of the pages, as is the booking engine, as could be the specials page, which is a, a step through the journey. So they sure. may have landed on the home page and clicked to this page. So you've got to make sure these pages not only are set up for the for the people that are landing there, but also the people that are on a journey. And you've always got to think about what next. Where should I be pushing these people, nudging these people to get further down the funnel? There you go. And so now we enter the most popular place to more than likely enter your website, which is the homepage. But do note that it is not number one in terms of conversion rate. Which makes sense, right? Yeah. Because it's where it's the catch-all, the generic. Well, it's it's where every channel of your marketing seems to send. go shouldn't but it is it, but you're it right is. but and i would say for the majority of the clients that we have and take on when we see it it's their their email goes to the home page the ppc goes to the home page seo goes to the home or you know organic goes to the home page everything lands on home page so this is yes this is the catch it's all. a catch-all yeah but it, sh- it shouldn't be like your ppc shouldn't all be landing on the home page right it, you know depending on the what the the copy is what the search term is the other, the other thing I would say about the homepage is, you know, this is fourth in our list. We've already talked about four, three other pages that are more important in terms of the conversion rate than the homepage. We're going to talk about another five that are close to as important in terms of the conversion. And yet, when you think about people doing a website redesign, they spend 90% of their focus on the homepage. is on this one homepage, which is no longer the, you know, it used to be that the homepage got collected 90% of the incoming traffic, but that's not the case anymore. It's not the, I mean, it's usually still the number one landing yeah, page. First click, it's, it's But actually, it's not the majority. You know, it it's certainly less than 50% in you a lot of You also have to look at that in terms of page type. A lot of times I think people look, look let me look at the most visited page on my site. It's gonna be the homepage. But if you look at them in buckets, all of my news content may have much more traffic going to it than your single homepage. Because that's all your news pages combined. All your room pages combined might be exceeding your other areas of your website. Yep. You know, so look at it more holistically and then optimize from there. Yeah, how are, how are you pushing people from your homepage to make that, that final booking? That's, I think that's what, what we need to consider is how do you get them to that booking engine page, which, which we consider most important. Mm-hmm. Right, so I, I think one of the, the jobs the homepage should do is qualifying people because it's okay if you're not a good fit for the consumer that just landed on your homepage to for them to realize that and leave. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? The, the, people get hung up on bounce rate, but sometimes 
bounce is is okay if if you weren't the good fit it's better than wasting their time or you know getting bogged down with information so i think what you want to do on the homepage is try to anticipate all the questions that someone's going to have you know at different stages and all the different people that can land on the homepage and try to find a way to efficiently answer those questions or steer people in the direction to find the answer to those questions on the other pages some people are going to be more interested in the rooms some people are going to be more interested in the rates some people are going to be more interested in spoiler alert the amenities so make sure you have information about all of those things accessible from that homepage because it is kind of that hub page that anyone can land on and since you've already spoiled it we'll move on to number five it doesn't it doesn't count as a spoiled if you say spoiler beforehand okay uh, next up is amenities. And again, this could be an overview or could be specific amenity pages, depending on what your property has to offer. If you have a lot of amenities, we always recommend each one should have its own page because there's so much value in that. Yeah, and, and especially because it, you, you have a better chance to optimize for organic search, which is what's driving the majority of traffic to these pages, unless you have something stupid specific in your email um but things you know things like you know whatever whatever the amenity may be let's i'm just going to pick one out of the out of the air but lazy river um we see you know hotels with lazy river in vacation destination type of queries they happen all the time have a lazy river page and and that's what people want to see that's why they searched for you they they've got there they nailed it then once they're there and they see the information that you have it they see photos of it find the best way to push them again down that funnel that's the most common thing that we see is people create these conversion dead ends like oh i brought them in on the lazy river page and there's and then, nothing <coughs> there there's nothing else for them to do i mean every one of those pages should be thought of as how do i get this person to the booking engine how do i get them to the specials and and focus on that I mean, the nice thing of amenities pages is typically it's a template based so your your indoor water park is going to be roughly the same layout as your lazy river or breakfast whatever it might be think of what you need to show next if they're looking at lazy river do you need to show you know specials about you know kids oh, how stuff about how, here's here's one pete um <coughs> hotels with spa which we see quite a bit also you know if if you have a spa on property make that a package Allow right. them to book the room with the massage, with the facial, mm-hmm. with the whatever. There's your you can upsell right there, but be pushing them through to the thing that they came in to see you for. Yep. Yeah, and, and also show related stuff. So in the case of say you got a water park, then you, you and someone's landing on that page, you can make an assumption that they're probably gonna have kids, right? Or or they're young or whatever. But it let's assume that they the assumption that they have kids is, is strong with it's strongly correlated show them that hey you had kids activities he people that see this page also look at these pages you know give them a next that amazon model give, yeah exactly go to any online retailer and that's what they do people that like this also look at this mm-hmm. um, give them a reason and then yeah if you can productize it and say there's a package that includes this or Hey, you've got kids, we got the kids' activities and kids eat free on this in the restaurant, whatever it is. Just just tell a story and make it relevant to that type of consumer. You can make assumptions. You're not always gonna be right, but if you are most of the time, then you're gonna get more um, activity, more conversions, things like that. And, and that's times, why you test. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of times when that happens, it's because you sign off on your beautiful homepage when you build your website. And that's all you cared about. And then you turn it over and, and the web developer said, oh, look, I have to put a amenities page. And that's when you end I'll up with a bulleted list of right. amenities, which is my biggest oh, pet peeve terrible. on a website. So think about the whole website and not just the homepage when you're doing your mm-hmm. redesigns, because this is really where all the conversions take place. The homepage is great, but it was fourth on the list and it's you know a fraction of your overall site performance yeah amenities is, is another one like that like the every other one we talked about honestly that's underutilized a lot of people do do that bulleted list they don't uh, or or maybe they'll have one amenities page that aggregates everything but we've really found success especially if you're unique if you're you know kind of a resorty property you have a gym you have a business center you have a spa you have a kids club you have lazy river stuff like that that's unique a bowling alley 
Um, those kill it, right? If you have mm-hmm. a bowling Absolutely. alley. Um, so if you have stuff that's unique about your property, create a dedicated page for each mm-hmm. one of those things that's unique. Uh, another, if you have bars or restaurants on property. Another one I was just thinking of that we've dealt with recently, um, ADA compliant properties. Oh, so if you have someone searching for you uh, or searching for ADA compliant hotels in your area, show them all the features that you have to that you know aid in handicap. <clears throat> accessibility also show them the things around the area that are also you know handicap accessible those type of things just it's that nudge right it's why are you the best for that specific consumer right showing that you care and you're considerate of those people this is we say it every episode this is the hospitality industry you've got to be hospitable to people you've got to treat people like people in in by inferring things from their behavior that's the best way you can help them and that's a great example with the accessibility stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. The next several are really not particularly ranked in any order. I just put them there. But we they can are discuss. ranked. Well, they're, they're landing They have pages. numbers next people, to them. People but... end up on these pages. They <laughs> land there. But next on the list is blog posts. And this one is really interesting because you... The, the way people get here are either going to be from a very, very specific natural search query, or maybe you're sending people from social but or possibly from email. But chances are, if they're coming from a very specific long tail keyword, they're actually really highly qualified. Mm-hmm. And if you build your blog posts with good, actionable items in them, they're likely to convert. Mm-hmm. But that's the key, right? Is it actionable? It's, because yes. it's, it's, there's a fine balance between creating evergreen content that is going to get traffic versus evergreen content that is going to be relevant for people to want to stay with you, right? So, for example, if you wrote, wrote an article about the, the best places to watch fireworks on 4th of July in Orlando, you're probably going to get a ton of tr- mobile traffic on the 4th of July on that page, right? But not one of those people is going to book the hotel with you, right? You may have had people prior to that 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 have looked in it and found it, but there's no tie-in to your property specifically. So I think you want to be smart about it. Going back to what we talked about earlier, where when someone comes to the page, you don't want it to be a dead end. You want to nudge them somewhere else. So you've got to really think about, okay, someone that's looking for this information how do I make myself relevant to that so that it, it makes them? So, for example, if you're in a destination that has a really popular attraction, having a blog article about the new things that that attraction is doing this year is great. But then on that page, you also need to make sure you're talking about how close you are to it, how easy it is to get there from your property. And then, oh, by the way, we've got a package that includes tickets to this attraction. That kind of stuff that really ties it in, puts a bow on it and says, book with us because we're the best choice. So we're working on a a new site for a destination packager right now. And they produce a ton of content probably three or four articles a week, multiple videos per week. And what they found is, in looking at the data, <clears throat> they had much more people coming into the site from their content than on their homepage or anywhere else. So during this redesign, we've actually looked at the article page almost as much as we have the homepage and overall design, saying, okay, where do we want the bylines? How do we want to show related activities, related articles, packages related to this content? And then we've talked so much about programmatically, how do we make it easier for the authors when they're posting an article to say, oh, it's about you know, this attraction, it's about this, this, and this. And then it creates a page where, yet yeah, it's a article page, but it's also an effective landing page for someone who's hyper interested in that one species. Yeah, piece they of weren't content. looking for the hotel necessarily. It <clears throat> could have been an organic search about said attraction, but right. they're traveling to that area. Might as well give them all the information you can and send them through down your conversion funnel as best you possibly can. Yep. So spend your time specifically on the blog because that's what we're seeing do so well from a natural perspective. That's Mm -hmm. where people are finding you. Yeah. And it it can generate a ton of money. I mean, we've got folks that have done things like the top things to do in this destination in December. And that 
it not only generates a ton of traffic, but also can generate a ton of revenue, especially mm-hmm. when you tie it in to make it relevant. Here are the things going on in the destination. Here's how we specifically make it convenient for you p- to participate in these things, whether it's having the tickets, whether it's your vicinity to it, whether it's your insider knowledge, right? whatever and, it is. And 101 things to do is copyrighted. Is that right? I know yeah, we, we got threatened to get sued because we had 101 things to do on one yeah. of our websites. So we just changed it to 102 things to do. It was fun. I think one of the one of the things to consider on this as well, people are reaching you, um, maybe not necessarily looking for a hotel, but consider consider those blog posts as brand awareness as well. If they're reaching your page and they didn't know about your hotel prior, that's a, that's a, that's a win right there. You, I mean, now they do know. Yeah, treat it like a separate, I mean, we're talking about landing pages, but really think about each landing page as a homepage. Right? This, is, this is someone coming to your site for the first time. This is the same as someone walking into your lobby for the first time. What impression do you want to leave them with? What, what, what do you want to do to help them through their decision-making journey? And, and make sure that you're treating that page, whether it's a blog or whether it's an amenity page or whether it's a combination page, whatever it is, how do you present yourself in the best possible light and give them a path forward? And blogs are something that is often, you know, I write an article and that's it. And you you don't give people an option. And that's, right. that's the wrong way to approach it because people are going to come in and land, read the article, and then bounce out. And that's, you know, you had them. You had them. All you need to do is make the ask. Give them something a little more. Think about the person that is interested in the topic what what do you what do you know about them and how can you help them make the next decision? I think that the blog post kind of runs right into our next number here, number seven is area info, which you could very well be blog, your blog post could be about. Right. Um, this is this is the same type of information we just covered, but you know, in terms of what is it in your area that would someone might be searching for that they could see you for the very first time? Is it an event venue? Again, show how how close you are to said venue, transportation to that venue, restaurants nearby. Be as helpful as you possibly can. If you're as helpful as you possibly can, you know, treat it like your concierge is helping this person. And they're way more likely to convert. Yeah. Rewind about three, four, five minutes and listen to all the things we said about blog posts. That applies to area information. Number eight. My favorite eight, number. Eight, 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 eight. Is That's the first time we've done Yeah, we forgot about We've that. been missing this number list. All right, let's go back through one, 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 two. One, two three. <laughs> Just kidding. Number eight is the webcam. <gasps> yes, yeah. if you have dun, a webcam, dun, dun. good for you. If you don't, get one. Get a webcam. Get a webcam. It is a fantastic link building opportunity. Yeah, I'm surprised you put this so high on the list of convert conversion pages yeah that should be number number 10 like i said these were just loosely put up there yeah. you gave up around number seven i kind of did <laughs> <laughs> it was too hard to rank them all right so the, the the web campaign webcam page can generate revenue but it isn't traditionally a big revenue generator but here's right? the thing so we're talking about conversion rate mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be conversion of bookings Oh. <gasps> what? See what you did there. Yeah. So more than likely, people coming to a webcam page, they found you f- for whatever reason. That people like to look at webcams at hotels. I don't know what the deal is, but lots of people do. Yeah, Streamers, well, webcam aggregators. Most people are not staying at a hotel because they want to stay at a hotel. They want to stay at a hotel because of the stuff happening outside. Right, especially, and we, you know, to be fair, we work at a lot with a lot of beach we do. properties, right? This probably isn't going to be quite as effective if you're looking, overlooking a parking lot. No, but I have seen it in snowy destinations where sure. I just, yeah, I myself found mountains. myself just watching it. Yeah, for sure. It's just pretty awesome. Yeah. But my point is, is that more than likely people are coming in either through some random natural search query or there are tons of these website uh, webcam feeder aggregate mm-hmm. sites yeah i don't know why these exist but they do or you could be sending people in from social chances are no are they going to book a hotel room when they enter your website right then and there probably not but it doesn't mean that a month from now they might not so why not try and collect their email? Why not start a conversation with them? Try to learn something about them. 
right? Get them to subscribe to the page where you'll send out, you know, especially if, if it's, you know, it's guests that have stayed with you before and you overlook the ocean and they come because of the ocean and you can see a beautiful sunrise every morning and it's going to capture it and you can take a still of that and remind people that now you're staying top of mind all year long. So when they come to book their next summer vacation, guess what? They're going to pick you because you've had that relationship the whole year. But I mean, even if it, you're not looking at it from a conversion standpoint, the number of links you will get yeah, from just that's... having a webcam on your website is worth the investment alone. You will get tons of As links. As the SEO in the room, I definitely say get a webcam. I don't care if you're looking at a parking lot of a music venue. <laughs> yeah. Do a you know well, a time lapse it. of it or something. You're going to get links from this stuff. From a social perspective, if people are following you, on Facebook or wherever, and you post a link to your webcam, they're already interested in you. And it's one of those things where if there's something live, like a live web, I, I got to go see what it is. Even if it's just some seagulls walking around on the beach. They're yeah, cheap too. That. Go, just go do it. It's cheap. Mm. Yeah. And you can, you can have one yourself and, you know, set it up yourself and do your outreach yourself. You yeah. It's a lot this. more cost um, accessible than it used to be. Some people also make it kind of an a, a, an attraction at the property, right? Where they'll they'll take a snap, like a still of the webcam feed at a certain time or While certain times there. during the day, and then publish that to their website. So you can be in front of it, or you can tell your friends, "Hey, I'm going to be here at this time," and they can watch it. So it can kind of be this social engagement tool as well, beyond just For sure. the webcam. But yeah, you should definitely have a webcam page it should be number 10 on this list but you should definitely have one. yeah it's not it's definitely not there for conversion rate and we beat that dead horse but wow are they good for other things mm-hmm. all right moving on to number nine we should have been number eight yep which is groups and in this case i'm specifically talking about a page for group activity not like a special for a group if that makes sense so i'm not talking about a special for a wedding a specific wedding yeah yeah so again, where are people coming from if they land here? Probably natural search, looking for X, Y, Z. Like I, I'm Family having a reunion. wedding. In, yeah, wedding. Yeah, reunions. We we do do some pay per click for this type of stuff as well. Sports groups. Yeah, sports yes. teams is a big one, mm-hmm. especially if you're in an area that's uh, that's a host to major tournaments. That's that's huge yeah i think that's one of the things i've seen really convert well is when you get real specific about the events that are going on in town and creating a group page for them so if there's a soccer tournament in town creating a page with discounts for those groups and and, and soliciting those the other thing about these pages is especially if it's like a wedding or a reunion or something like that the return is phenomenal because even if your conversion rate isn't the same as say the the specials page each one of those conversions is worth a lot. You know, if 100 people are coming to stay, that's a ton of, of the returns. Side so note on this. Sorry, I'm a little tangent. If you are going to be a hotel for, a, say, a soccer tournament or something, go talk to the people who run that tournament and get your name out there when they're sending out their paperwork and they're sending out their mailers and people are actually booking their teams to come. Get in front of them there. Yes, yeah, sponsor and then you're the tournament. Hit it on really, as well. yeah some tournaments are better than others and they'll actually engage and charge hotels to be the preferred but some a lot of them aren't you yeah, know a lot so of them don't care go say hey i'll pay for all the soccer balls for the tournament or i'll give you this money to sponsor something you know and then Easy. you then you get included in all the communication and the links from their their website Sorry, yeah that's just my and as a parent tangent. of kids that do travel soccer in the, in the logistical challenges that i've had to deal with related to the team where's everyone staying blah 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 blah. if you can make that easy on a team and provide value you are going to own the market and repeat mm-hmm. customers like mm-hmm. crazy well that's the thing we would go to the same tournament every year for five straight years and and a lot of times you know if we had a great experience the first year we'd stay at that same hotel the next four yeah, years same if me. we had a crappy experience we wouldn't we'd look for somewhere else so in 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 if it was good, usually one or two people stayed there, and then by the the fourth year, the whole team was staying there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's and and really think about that that demographic and what's important to them. So, for example, if you if you're going after sports groups, breakfast is critically important. 
right? For, for us, when we had a bunch of kids and we had to get out for a game, the fact that we knew that there was going to be a decent breakfast that we could get at 7 in the morning and not have to wait for, that, that was one of the biggest con- considerations when we were looking for hotels. And again, sorry about the tangent. We're talking about conversion rate. And since we're talking about groups, nobody's booking the room for everyone in that group, right? So maybe this is the place where you have a dedicated phone number yeah, or RFP form, or some kind of RFP where you're where you're tracking who came into that page and could you get them to convert via form, via phone number, whatever. That that's kind of outside of your normal. Hey, send them to the send them to the um, booking the booking engine, engine yeah. and get a credit card. That's not what we're talking about here. Yep, more than likely, <laughs> probably not. Number 10. Number 10 is a calendar of events page and or specific events pages, again, depending on your location and how your website is set up. And this kind of ties right back into what you were saying. You know, if you are in a location that, I don't know, you have concerts, you have sports events, you have something that is in your vicinity and you have a calendar of events and you have a way to tie yourself into those, do the best you can to... Again, people are landing on your page. They look, they're look. they looking for that event. They're going to be in town for that event. Why not make yourself the, their location to stay? Yeah, and this is another opportunity where you can cross-promote content, right? So we talked earlier about the blog content where you do the top things to do in December in your destination. So when someone lands on an event page, if you know that they're considering coming to your property for that event, one, make it easy for them. Hey, this is the vicinity. This is how you can get transport. These are the discounts. But also say, hey, this is what else is going on and and make it easy for them and digestible for them in in the form of blogs. And do you have something that would make them want to stay with you for a specific event? Mm -hmm. Say it's a NASCAR race. Host a driver. Do something that's going to have someone stay, you know, that makes people want to be in your hotel rather than your competitors' hotels. Do something along those lines and put that on that events page that that sells your property just a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, there's a ton of other pages that are right there, like we said at the beginning of the show, that, you know, conversion isn't the highest, but you should probably look at it from a conversion and landing page perspective as well. Things like um, weather pages is, is another one that can be highly trafficked if you have one, but not necessarily converts highly. You should have those. There's a lot of little pages. FAQs is another one that if you do it right can convert. So every page on your website, regardless of how, whether it's number one on this list, number 10, or it's not even on this list, look at it as if it's a homepage. Look at it as if, who is this consumer? Why are they here? What questions can I answer? What roadblocks can I remove? How can I get them from where they are to where I want them, which is to be staying in my hotel? And also, maybe also consider what the KPI is on all those pages because it's like we just said it may not necessarily be a booking it may be an email sign up it may be a form submission it may be something else other than a booking at that moment for that page indeedy so any kind of final thoughts Melissa well you just uh, wrapped up my first final thought my second (laughs) final thought is to really take the time and look at your landing pages by these different segments and look and see really what's driving traffic to those pages we we know that people aren't in the same qualified state throughout the entire website you know they change if a from the point they enter to the point they leave and b depending on where they came in so they're maybe not familiar with their brand at all or maybe they've stayed with you a hundred different times in the past several years you've got to think of every page as a landing page and figure out what traffic is coming in and how to best optimize for that traffic yeah how to funnel it through to the next phase and if you want to see how people are finding a page you can find that in your search console Uh, You can click on pages and then queries and see what's actually making people land there. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, people still complain that Google Analytics doesn't show keyword data anymore, but Search Console console still has it. So, still super frustrating, and I hate Google. (laughs) (laughs) You love Google. You can live without Google. And lastly, we're going back to the stat of the week always be testing. Always be testing. You've never said that before. ABT. That's brand new information. I know. Mind-blowing right there. Mm-hmm. So we were all, we kind of joke on this show 
every time we look at the show notes, we're like, man, this is going to be a really short episode. And, we're and yet, here we are at an hour again. It's every always time. an hour. Hey, it's still the best 30 minutes in hotel marketing. If you listen at two speed. <laughs> You're exactly right. <clears throat> so, Pete, no B news, I'm assuming. Do we just no need B to put no- that on hiatus? For no B news until springtime. It's hibernation. We need to put it on hiatus. Yes. Hiatus until All springtime. All right, cool. So, uh, Pete, where can they find you on the web? I'm on Twitter at P DeMaio, P D I M A I O. Melissa. I'm on Twitter at M A Cavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. Flip. Uh, Twitter at P Fariska, P F O R I S K A. You can find me at Stuart Butler on Twitter. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. You can get the notes to this episode at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 101. Can't believe we're in the triple digits, guys. Uh, and if you didn't check it out, go watch on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can see the live AMA 100th episode. We did the Ask Me Anything. There were some really good questions there. And we kind of had a, it was a long episode. It was two, two hours. Uh, that's also published in our podcast feed last episode as well. So you can listen to it or watch our Ugly Mugs, whichever tickles your fancy. This episode today was contributed by uh, a listener. So if you as a listener, want to suggest a topic or you have a question that you'd like us to tackle, please submit that on Twitter at Fuel Travel or email info at fueltravel.com. We like to hear those questions. It gives us inspiration. And to be completely candid, after 101 episodes, it helps us out a lot when people come up with ideas and we don't have to. Until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. like a buttery voice myself butter's good more butter's better better butter bees better butter so what about cone heads